0: Well, good evening and welcome to our third episode here in the Book of Acts. We're obviously on Chapter 3 now. Uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Jeremy, yep. Desert Foothills, uh, all our brothers and sisters in Christ here in Arizona and wherever else you may be, we really appreciate you taking the time to gather around God's Holy Word. Now, before we jump right into Chapter 3, we got a few viewer uh, emails yep. this week, which we really appreciate. And so we just want to start off with a little Q&A section here. So what's the first question we got? first
1: one was actually from uh, Janet, and she asked the question, uh, if the church was documented to be started in Acts and all the Christians have the same Bible, why do we have so many different denominations with different customs?
0: Great question. Very popular question. Uh, A lot of people uh, wonder about that. So obviously, here we are in the book of Acts, the... The beginning of the the church that those who were following Jesus uh, when he was on the earth and witnessed his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension uh, which is tomorrow night by the way yeah that's the right day of ascension so what happened after that well the disciples went out as Jesus said going to make disciples of all nations baptizing them teaching them and that's what they did uh, they spread out over the, the known world. And as word spread, as God's word spread, uh, bringing faith to people of all races and tribes and uh, languages. And so there was uh, this kind of a loose uh, organization of house churches. There's basically one church in kind of every town. They were independent churches, if you think about it that way. Um, but they were also very connected to each other. They knew each other. They wrote letters mm-hmm. back and forth. They encouraged one another. If uh, one city was having a famine, Christians from the other city would send support uh, through food or offerings, you know, money. Uh, so there was kind of this loose organization, I guess. And then as the church began to spread, and I remember they were all uh, speaking Greek at the time, uh, like the New Testament was written in Greek. That was kind of the language of commerce of the day like English is today. Paul finally got to Rome to the gospel to Rome and to the Western church we call it, it was a Latin speaking church and uh, really after about a thousand years the the two kind of groups, those who spoke Greek and those who spoke Latin uh, kind of were obviously more connected to each other than they were kind of across that that language barrier so in the year 1054, it's called the Great Schism, and that's when the, the Eastern, the Greek church, kind of separated from the Western, the Latin church. And that was the first time there were basically two denominations. So that's the way it was for about 500 years, and then uh, Martin Luther uh, was the catalyst really for the Protestant Reformation, so over in the Western church now, so just the Roman church. And I had the Roman church in this what they called evangelical church because they focused on the gospel so much. And then within a generation of that, uh, in the Western church, in Europe specifically, uh, it began to fracture even more. And it was over uh, every little nuance of interpretation really that you can come up with. That's how it happens. Uh, As people uh, get the Bible in their own hands and they start to interpret their own things uh, in their own way, which is another reason why Not only do we encourage you to spend every day in God's Word with your devotions, uh, but it's also really important to come to worship, to hear God's Word as a community, to study God's Word with God's people in a community. Uh, So we don't just come to a verse and say, I think this means that, and run with it. We can say, oh, well, this is kind of what all the generations before us have interpreted this Mm -hmm, verse mm -hmm. or this passage and what it means, how it applies to our life. Uh, so, anyway, now here we are in America and the Western world, and, and you know we've got denominations that put emphasis on uh, no dancing and no drinking alcohol mm-hmm. to, uh, I mean, honestly, one of the denominations in America started in the mid-19th century because they wanted to support slavery. Uh, they just kind of broke away and started their own. It, it, it's just any... Uh, any kind of little... All pet, different disagreements, pet. right? Right.
1: All, all over so many different things or different, like you said, interpretations. And Janet, I get to the why of your question, you know, why is this? Well, part it is just because we as people are different. And sometimes we see things different. Uh, just even as I do with like somebody like my wife that I think I see eye to eye with so many things. Or with Pastor Mark, uh, same thing, that we see things differently. We see eye to eye on most wow, things, so. but there's probably times when we see things Differently at really? the same time. And you know what? That's not even just in the time periods that Pastor Mark mentioned. You're sure uh, that's
0: not because my perspective is up here? <laughs> yeah. You see things?
1: yeah. Yeah, you're what in this the clouds. Exactly. Yeah, you're in the clouds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm down to earth. But with that, <laughs> even if you fast forward, and we'll get there eventually, to chapter uh, 15 in the book of Acts, verse 39, you'll see that moment where Paul and Barnabas actually. Come together and it's not over necessarily this big church issue but an issue that they have with each other in which they have such a sharp disagreement that Scripture tells us that they actually part ways but in those terms we actually see the gospel message is taken out to different cities to different regions and God actually uses that for the benefit I'm not saying that we should have so many different denominations. We should try to come up with all these different ways that God will use that, but not limiting him at the exact same time. And the biggest thing, as Pastor Mark mentioned, uh, for us as Lutherans, we look at what does the word say? What does scripture tell us? We use scripture to interpret scripture, and from there we portray the truth as God has given to us, not as we as men dictate. Now, on the other hand, there's a bunch of other customs that come together, even with our church, that are these man-made criteria or customs or rules. And part of that, when we come up against different disagreements or agreements, is coming up with the fact of, you know, what is from God and what is truly man-made. So hopefully that kind of answers your question then for for
0: this week. Yeah. So because men are, uh, humans are sinful and Uh, arrogant, all of that. But God still uses uh, the whole body of Christ, all of our churches, to do His work.
1: And we also got, uh, well, quite a few questions from our friend uh, Ron this week. All very uh, good. Asking about the disciples hearing in their own tongues. Uh, You got that right, uh, what you were describing there. Uh, You said one of your other questions is whether the Bible discusses how uh, Jesus used the disciples to promote his ministry I think it does in a lot of different ways uh, just over and over again talking about how he is going to use these individuals to do so uh, I even looked up the scripture passage from uh, Matthew chapter 16 verses 18 through 19 in which he's, Jesus is talking to Peter and he says Peter uh, on this rock I will build my church, you know, this is what's going to happen, and it says the gates of, of Hades won't even be able to withstand this, that I'm going to use you, my disciples, and lots of other people to be able to portray this. You then ask this follow-up of who would have been the source for documenting his teachings and who would have remembered all these miracles if it wasn't for uh, the disciples. That That would have been interesting. And same thing from there. I I can think of countless examples that we have in Scripture of other individuals. Uh, Think about on Palm Sunday, uh, the triumphal entry. Jesus comes into town, and the Pharisees get so upset with the crowd that's there, and they say, you know, control your disciples. You know, rebuke them. Tell them to stop. And Jesus says, if I tell them to stop, even these stones will cry out, meaning anything in all of creation that sees this, Literally will cry out because this is God coming into their lives. We think even about the moment of the crucifixion When jesus is put to death this centurion that is standing there that sees this great spectacle That is not a follower of the way or a follower of christ when jesus is put to death We see those words. I think in all four of the the gospels in which he says uh, surely this is the son of God think about the difference that that made in his life not being a a disciple an apostle but he's one that says this is is Christ I'm sure he tells his family that he tells his friends and so there are many others within the the world and this is a truly incredible plan you asked that question kind of in conclusion there you know does the Bible talk about this great brilliant plan of salvation that God has, uh, and the best verse I have for you, Ron, is from First Peter chapter one, verse twenty. And uh, we are told that Jesus was the one that was chosen even before creation uh, begins. That He is is beyond this. That He is chosen to be this one who will be put to death as this Lamb for our salvation. So hopefully, maybe uh, quickly, that answers some of your your questions. Uh, Feel free, Ron, to shoot us an email if you need some more description on that. And anybody else that has questions uh, from previous weeks or from this week, again, please let us know so we can answer that. We really appreciate your feedback.
0: Yeah, I think just kind of the overarching kind of theme, I think, behind Ron's question is uh, God loves using people, partnering with people, you know, from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, you read Genesis 1, God created everything. Genesis 2, he said, hey, I don't have a farmer or, or a gardener, right? I want to create a, I don't create people, I want to create man to do this work to help take care of this wonderful creation. I'm yeah. going to work with him. We're going to walk together in the, in the garden in the cool of the day mm. and, and commune and yeah. all throughout <clears throat> history, you know, God could have uh, by himself freed the Israelites from Egypt. But he said, I'm going to use Moses. And, and it's not only that God picks people, right? He picks people that seem to be not up to the task. Yeah, Um, Moses had a stutter, you want me to go speak to Pharaoh. David was a sinner. Just all throughout history, uh, God loves using and partnering with people to do his work. And it's even better uh, when it's so obvious that we don't have the ability or the capability like the disciples to take the gospel and spread the whole world. That's the largest religion in the world today. You know how could that happen with these 11 uneducated men mm-hmm. right it's God working with them and through them um, that's just I don't know, God likes to show off like that I guess yeah. well our story today
1: is uh, a text showing of God doing just that of taking somebody that may have been looked down upon that may have been excluded from society and being able to use this individual to be able to portray his wondrous works so with that why don't we jump into our uh, text uh, from chapter 3, beginning at uh, verse 1. I'll start us out reading today. It says One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I, when I read this, I think of the song that my Sunday school teachers always used to sing to me about this great miracle uh, that they go, In silver and gold have I none, none, what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, walk, and then ta- then we sing the song, he went walking and leaping and praising God. He
0: went walking and leaping and praising God, walking
1: and leaping and praising God, in the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, rise
0: up and walk.
1: And what a great response to to the work of God, right? It wasn't just that he was healed, that he had these abilities, but it seems like this individual is He's excited because of who this miracle stems from, because of what has happened there. I even think about, you know, what would that be like? You know, we have different instances of people being healed in Scripture, but this man says he was crippled from from birth. And how great is it, you know, we think about uh, an infant, how they need to learn to walk. This man's been crippled. He's never walked before but when he's healed he's instantly able to walk he doesn't need to learn how to do this God gives him the ingenuity to actually be able to do all these things right then and uh and right there imagine what that situation would have been like
0: for him yeah uh, you, you can tell why he was you can imagine why he was leaping and uh, praising God and here you have Peter and John right disciples carrying on the ministry of Jesus uh, carrying on the the miraculous signs to to prove God's presence and power Uh, and then of course they will let the people now will listen when Peter and John want to want to share something yeah while he clung to Peter and John all the people utterly astounded (laughs) ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's and when Peter saw it he addressed the people men of Israel and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So Peter and John got their attention and Peter wasted no time in preaching another little Christian sermon there. Yeah, another yeah. proclamation of the gospel. I love that Peter is not even surprised and even
1: questions the people that see this, right? Why does this surprise you? He has such strong faith that he literally knows that God can do anything. And so when this man is healed, he's just kind of like, well of what do you what do you expect? I mean, this is what this is what God, God does. And so, this is what happens, but these other individuals are so astounded by this, just because it's something that they don't normally see, and it's interesting to talk about all these people coming from all over to be able to, to see this, uh, and then also just so great is the, the glory that these individuals constantly give to God, right? This isn't from us, why does it surprise you? It's from God. This is how this comes about. And maybe a good reminder to us, too, when we see things happening around us in the world that are miraculous or astounding or see good work within our family or within our church, giving that praise uh, both to others in the world when it is due, but most importantly, giving that glory to God for all of these things.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes uh, I have to, when I read some passages, I don't know, just you don't. I don't get. I don't think about all the context unless I slow down, and as we kind of slow down in the Bible, say I think you know this is you know Acts two was Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. This is Acts chapter three, so we're talking two months. Mm-hmm. So Peter's standing up saying. This Jesus, whom you killed, you, you, Pilate was going to let him go. You denied it. You wanted to murder instead. You killed the author of life. This was like two months ago that this happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just still, he's railing on them. So these were actually the people who were there, you know, crucify him, crucify him. And Peter's just letting them have it. And imagine yeah. how these guys feel, right? They
1: come to see the show. That's why they come running. They've heard this guy has been healed. So they want to come see this miraculous thing. So they show up to the show, they're ready to go. And, like, wow. and then they just, oh man, Boom. yeah, this is this is what's going on. I mean, this is the, the obvious delivery of what we would talk about being the law, right? That which kills, that which shows what we have done that is, that is wrong, that we all have stake in this. Pastor Mark and you alike, that because of our sin, we have put Christ to death. That's why he goes to the cross is for our sin. We are a part of this same story too. And so remembering that, you know, when we come to be able to receive all the good things that God has given to us, we only are receiving those because of his response for what we have
0: already done. Right. And then the gospel that God raised him from the dead and and, uh, Peter's and the disciples saying we are witnesses Mm -hmm. of this you know this isn't a blind faith we're not just hoping that uh, Jesus is God like we saw him risen after he was crucified died and buried and we had breakfast with him we talked with him we yeah. put our hands and the wounds of mm-hmm. his hands inside uh, we're witnesses we're here to tell you that Jesus rose from the dead proving he was God and proving that uh, God has made that final covenant with his people to forgive. All sins of all times the final sacrifice uh, once and for all and so just like maybe any good or proper sermon that law that has been
1: delivered we do receive that that gospel too if we continue with verse 17 even says now brothers I, I know that you acted in in ignorance as did your leaders but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all of the prophets saying that this is his Christ that he would suffer Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many have spoken, have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, "'Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each
0: of you from your wicked ways.'" And there concludes chapter three. Yeah, <clears throat> he ends with the, again the gospel that words of that uh, yes, you've done a horrible thing, but God has forgiveness and grace for you. And I love that, right? But but this is what God does instead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, verse twenty talks about the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and there are. Uh, many I I guess guests uh, first time maybe in a a Lutheran church I remember my first time in a Lutheran church Uh, I wondered at the beginning of the service what in the world was that all about Uh, coming to church you kind of sing maybe a happy song or hymn that's up at the front and then you do this weird like confession thing where you just kind of like a downer it's like whoa what's that (laughs) and then the pastor says these really weird words like I forgive you and it's like well okay thanks um but this is what Peter is talking about here in verse 20 right this time of refreshing and and you think about let's just go back to this actual time here uh, and actually, so it's a couple months after the crucifixion and resurrection you know you think i, I think it's safe to assume there were, there were people in that crowd who probably felt guilty afterwards mm. who had seen Jesus do some miracles had uh just thought, wow, you know, he seemed to be, you know, heard his sermons, thought, well, he seemed to be about love and helping other people and caring. And I just kind of got caught up in this kind of the crowd and, yeah, get excited, you know, crucify him. Um, wow, that was probably not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so what is it? You know, we all have this sense of uh, guilt. I think there's obviously there's there's two things that every human is born with. You can go to any culture anywhere in the world at any point in time there's two things that they believe universally. One, that there is a God. and Maybe it's fuzzy, confused, maybe they believe in multiple gods, maybe they believe whatever. But there's some higher power. Everybody has that instinct. And the second thing is we've made him mad. (laughs) And so whether it's Sacrificing people into volcanoes or whatever. There's some kind of sense of we have to appease him. You can go to the Pacific Islands and they make these masks of the god, gods and, and, and their faces, they these snarls and these sharp teeth. He's mad at us, right? We've done something wrong. And I think we all have this, if we're honest, <laughs> this sense of guilt. Uh, maybe it's only uh, late at night before we fall asleep and we're all alone with our thoughts uh, but this time of refreshing Peter is drawing them immediately to the after uh, speaking the words maybe they have been thinking you killed the author of life hmm. you killed the Christ but because of that because of his sacrifice uh, now we've got this time of refreshing and what now we're bringing it back to the the Lutheran service right and and why don't we start off with this confession and forgiveness at the beginning of our service? Uh, we've just spent a whole week living in the world, right? living in the dirt. And we come to church, and before we enter into uh, the holy of holies, if you will, the the presence of God and his word, and soon in his sacrament, too, again, uh, we want to relieve this burden of guilt that we have. And what— the, just you know, compare and contrast that—that uh, that feeling of having to carry your burden, your sins around with you, and how that refreshing and relieving it is to hear somebody say, "God loves you. Jesus died for you. He forgives you all your sins." Mm-hmm. And it's like, whew, wow. And then we sing the hymn of praise. That's the nice <laughs> part. Well,
1: that's kind of the conclusion there you know as it breaks down that really and that's probably the the crux of this message that no matter who you are uh, no matter what you've done and i don't think any of us can hear this too many times as pastor mark said uh, that god loves each and every one of us and you so much uh, that he would have done anything for you and he does he sends his one and only son to be able to put, be put to death on a cross so that we may be forgiven, so that we may live. And so maybe we put some of this into application today. What do we have to do when we hear this, when we recognize, oh, repent, he says. Uh, say a prayer to God today. Uh, take a moment and be able to take that time to repent. All of us can say that we need forgiveness from something. All of us can say thank you to God for this great sacrifice that he, he has made uh, on our behalf. With that, uh, let's close in prayer for today, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that you have provided for us uh, to briefly look into your word today. As your church once started uh, many, many years ago, Lord, uh, we know that you have continued to allow it to flourish in so many ways, as we heard today, through people. We give you praise and glory for being able to choose us, even uh, in our ignorance. Uh, even in our selfishness, even in our sinfulness, Lord, and to be able to give us uh, protection, grace, and mercy by the blood of your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Strengthen us as a church. Strengthen us as your people to be able to continue to go out and proclaim this great gospel word for all those who need to hear it. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks again for joining us. uh, Next. Next week, uh Acts chapter 4. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right. right. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Yep. And send us your questions if you have any. Yes, we'll be okay, here. Nice to be back. We
1: All right. Walking blessings. Walking weeping and praising God. Walking
0: and weeping and praising God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk.